From Labradoodles to Cronuts, the world loves a hybrid. So today, businesses are taking a smarter hybrid cloud approach using the tools, platform, and expertise of IBM. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Introducing the new Verizon Business Unlimited plans. For as low as $30 per line with AutoPay, get 5G nationwide, plus massive data capacity, plus spam blocking features. Plus, mix and match the right plans for your business. Get more of what you need, none of what you don't. From Verizon, the network businesses rely on. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities on most VZ 5G devices. Monthly per line pricing with 5 plus lines on Biz Unlimited Start, device payment, smartphone purchase. Auto pay and paper free billing required. Terms apply. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, View from the Cheap Seats, Sklar Brothers here, and uh, this week we have a very special episode for you. We were last weekend in uh, Phoenix, yes, and we got a chance to hang with someone who we've admired in the sports and comedy realm. There aren't that many of us who exist in that world. This man, as far as sports impressions and impressions in general go, is one of the best in the business. Frank Caliendo, who lives in Phoenix, he's lived there for the last like fifteen years, twelve I years think or so, so, something like that. So he's been there, and we've been here, and we haven't had a chance to connect up with him, but we. We really made it work and we went out to his house his really cool interesting compound of a house and did recorded his podcast and then recorded ours and along with uh, our buddy john holmberg who does uh radio in phoenix he's one of our favorite guys to come and visit and do that too and just a great impression has done uh the phenomenal chris berman on this show for years and years so he joins <clears throat> in for some really fun quick hits uh and then later on the show a very special voicemail but uh top take of the show let's talk about it right now because a lot of times we rail on stuff in this world, in this crazy world of uh, sports, that because there's a lot to sort of go off on in many, many ways. If you've ever seen Jay Z hang out with Roger Goodell, you can understand all the bad that's happening in the world and try and give him an awkward high five. Um, <clears throat> however, there is something that happened that is kind of an amazing story in the world of sports, and we want to highlight that stuff too. And this is. This is insane because, Jay, you and I were there. We've done this uh, at Coors Field in uh, in Colorado. Out in the outfield on the upper, not on the upper deck, but third kind level, of second third, level, third level, second and third level, there is just a simple booth up. where... It's where you can throw a ball and they tell you how hard you throw the ball. You throw it on like a, there's like a vinyl thing that looks like a catcher and you throw it as hard as you can. And, and I, I think guess by the impact of the ball on the thing, it judges the speed of your pitch. Jason your and I, I think we each, I think the highest we got was like 67. No, I think we each throw just through to we 70. Did we 70? Maybe I got a 70 or 71. And whatever. I, it's I not literally that threw my arm out. I thought yeah. I was my arm was going to fall I off. I couldn't lift my arm up for like the next week. So that's what we did when we went there. But it was a fun thing. To do, did we go with Caden Holland? Or we, we went with, with Ren- Reno Nataro, Tig Nataro's brother, who did uh, Sports Talk Radio in Colorado and now. Lives so he in took Maine. us out there. We were sweating. It was hot. It was summertime. We threw. Well, a couple weeks ago, a kid, this kid Christian Patterson, uh-huh. goes out into this, you know, the course field booth, outfield booth, and he proceeds to make several throws. They're not pitching motion throws. They're just like take a few steps and throw. Twenty three years old. And he throws 94 miles an hour, 94 miles an hour, 95 miles an hour. And then he hits 96 on 96 the on the gun. So someone was filming it. His brother. And he posts it online and it goes viral. It's crazy. 
And then the A's, the Oakland A's, of course, Billy Bean, the A's, that team that- They're like, we can get this kid for no money. Right? They give this guy a minor league contract, and then he goes and pitches, I think, double A, and he and he's in his first triple A, I think. I think it's double A. Uh, in his first game, in his pitching debut, he strikes out all three batters. That's a great story. That's a Hollywood story. That's everyone says that's a Hollywood story. But what I like about it, and you know, yes, Randy and I have also thought about the players who have been languishing there for a while and trying as hard as they can, and maybe this guy jumped a few people in line, and that's a bummer. However, talent. You can't argue with talent. Guy came in and struck out the side. Well, it is. It's reminiscent of the player on the Browns. Did we talk about this in this show? I don't think we did. There was a player. I don't think we did. There was a player on the Browns who was sleeping in his car and, you know, like homeless, sleeping in his car. And And he kind of bullshit his way into Browns spring training. uh, Mini camp. Mini camp as like a walk-on type person. As a punt returner. And he he gets in the first preseason game. He's like a guy who only returned punts in junior college. He returns a punt. 85 yards for a touchdown. touchdown. And the crowd and the players, because they all know his story, went nuts. I mean, it's the craziest thing ever for him to do it in a game. So here are two stories of people... You know, they say that sports in many ways, you know, you think about like the football factories of an Alabama or, uh, you know... I mean, think of the LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, you know, these types of of programs that just they put players into the NFL. And that's who you're seeing are the players from these major colleges. But here's the guy. What Damon Sheehy Giuseppe Uh exemplifies this sort of like to me sounds like a guy nowhere. He's just making toy dolls. Right. Like he made like the current version of Pinocchio. Giuseppe in his workshop. Uh No, he, he fought so hard and. You know, of course, the Browns would probably cut him because it's the Browns. I'm sure. You never know. The Browns could do the right thing. uh, So we're saying, guys, do the right thing here and keep these guys. It it keeps the dream alive of like maybe, even if you don't have all the breaks in the world, even if you didn't go to the best college and you weren't groomed by the best coaches, there's raw talent there with both of these people. If talent is out there and it can prove itself, this is still a merit-based league. Teams want to win. But I would argue one more thing's at work here, and then we'll get to break because Frank is so good on the show. Uh, I would argue, Rand, that it is good for business. Yeah, these great are for stories. Okay, sports. Part of the reason why we say, you know, when someone says, "Well, I can't watch women's college basketball because it's not compelling," well, that's because there isn't a story that's pulled you in. Okay, if there's a team and they have a story, and they're up against another team, and there's a rivalry, or there's two coaches that don't like each other, or the there you players go. That's enough reason to watch. That's enough reason to watch right there. In the NFL, if teams have history with each other, if a guy's been holding out, if a guy has a war of words, I mean, it's the same reason why Muhammad Ali was so compelling, because he would build the drama right. leading he, up he to the He was a match. master at knowing how to do it. Well, that. now we have stories behind these guys and reasons to follow these teams. I mean, I want to know what happens to this guy. If I'm an A's fan or a double A fan... If or, he gets into a major league game or if the A's make the playoffs and he makes an extended roster, how unbelievable would that be? It would be the thing that we would all be talking about. It would make me want to watch all their playoffs games just to see if this guy gets in. It's I mean, good look, I like business. I like Vinny Papali, but I think both of these stories it's might even be crazier than the Papali story. You hear that, Mark Wahlberg? You need to lose weight and start learning how to throw 96 on the gun because you've got a new movie coming out if this kid makes the major leagues. I would love to see it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, 
back uh, our fantastic interview with Frank Caliendo and then Quick Hits with Caliendo as as some of his many characters yes. along with uh, John Holmberg. You don't want to miss this. A special voicemail later. It's View from the Cheap Seats. We're so happy to have you guys here. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's Elaine Welteroth, and I'm hosting a new podcast called Built to Last by American Express, where we will dive deep into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Our debut season will focus on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, we feature the story of a Black business trailblazer that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. First up is Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant, Saleti Vegan. We'll also chat with Hanifa Muemba, the cutting edge designer behind the Hanifa 3D digital fashion show. Plus, we'll check in with Issa Rae, our modern day Renaissance woman. We hope that it encourages all of our listeners to support these businesses as well as the black owned businesses in your own communities. Tune in for these amazing stories and others on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, as promised, we got Frank Caliendo here. Uh, it's such a joy to have you on View from the Cheap Seats, a sportsman, uh, someone, I defy anyone to do a better uh, Charles Barkley. I, I don't even think Charles can do it. Or Stephen A. Or Stephen well, A. Smith. Uh, John Holmberg's in the room, that knucklehead. That's crazy. You don't know what good, and you are the better one. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we all do very, very well. It's terrible. Ernest. It's terrible. It's terrible. Terrible. terrible Ernest, crazy. Uh, tell Canada. Tell Ernest. Tell shit. That's terrible. When Charles Barkley came on in between period like one and two of the of the NHL finals, because we're Blues fans and we watch it, their interview of him putting him on the spot very quickly and asking who LeBron was in hockey. And he was who was a, the LeBron of hockey? Sidney, Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he have an S in his name? Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. Michael Crabtree. All right, so here's my take on Sir Charles. Look, I would love to hear it is because he, you. As he's known I want to hear the knighthood. Okay, so I, I want to hear your take on it, and then I want to hear how you developed it. Like where? What was the in on the Barkley? Well, John and I were actually going back. Well, John had done a lot of Charles. By the way, John Holmberg is John, here with I, us. Uh, I'm just. A, I'm, a, I'm a viewer. No, no you're fantastic. fantastic. No, no, you're in on it. One I'm of our favorite of... people. We're in Phoenix, just for people to know this. We're doing shows here in Phoenix as we're recording this, and John is uh, someone we've worked with several times since we come back here and just a tremendous and has worked on on our show so yes. you might recognize him from that as well so welcome in thank Holmberg. you but i was actually going more toward knucklehead yeah. and john had pushed me on the more of the terrible thing yeah. like, what about very well you just did very and that Vera. was Vera. 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 i was getting rid of vowels but i wasn't focusing on it and john's john's john and i think very similarly and you never know like like i'll say uh i was doing this bill walton john's like oh i've been doing bill walton for years <laughs> for like years. don't do Horrible. that to me because it always every... makes it better that's the Horrible. word <laughs> yeah. well but it's the the thing with Charles is you just you get very lazy with everything. Yeah. You don't don't say all the words <laughs> and just get you say the words, but you don't say all 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 of the the consonants involved. So you there, but you so here's the thing you speed it up in the right way so it's not all. It's slow. like Doctor Phil is that way too, where you go up, you're going up, you're going up higher, 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 night going down. <laughs> I remember 
uh, the Barkley thing because you called me. We were talking. And you said I'm working on the Barkley thing. And I'm like, I've been doing that. I was a little in the bit. car because when I used to my early days in radio, I covered the Suns for a little bit, and yeah. he was there. He was at for the one of the things that all I remember him saying that made me laugh hysterically. It's like nobody knows nothing about nothing. Kevin Johnson crazy. Don't ask him nothing. <laughs> and it was you kind of make him a little drunk. Yeah, kind yeah, of it, yeah mine's right. drunk. But he was so. But there's fed a whole up. thing. There's a whole thing that John does as well that I would never go to. Right? Holmberg's the evil. Like Ke- Kevin Johnson shower. Oh, Kevin Johnson shower with children. Why was you ever <laughs> asked? Right. That's the crazy. Nobody need to know it, but I'm telling you, just keep <laughs> it to I, yourself. Lead him the wrong way. Yeah. Man, no, no, hey, no. on a second. Why is Barkley going down there? But road? yeah, because he was mad in that room, and I remember it was years back, right before they let him go. I love it. Well, yeah. so but you did that, and you said, "Oh, crazy." And then crazy. you got terrible off of that. Crazy, crazy. terrible. And then you took it. To but there's another guy, Lance Zerline, who's in Houston, who's another one somewhere else in the time. Like, it's these where the space-time continuum thing. He said terrible and horrible as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are people grab onto the same stuff. But they, my take on Charles Barkley is this. So I, I'm gonna we can come back to that. But my take from Charles is honesty. Mm-hmm. He's the only person I talk about this in my act. The most honest. Like, they'll put him on CNN. Like yeah. Charles Barkley will be on CNN. It makes sense because it's Turner, but they'll put him on like, what do you think about what's going on in the Middle East? I think it's a really bad situation when <laughs> CNN brings me on to talk about the Middle East. Like, you weren't supposed to Don't rip us. Don't you have an other punter <laughs> so, to talk about it? So there's, there's Ernie, tell Kenny to tell Shaq to get another pundit. <laughs> that was our. That's the thing we picked up. So on. we in our special, we did a little Charles and Shaq, and our thing was that he is constantly telling people on the panel that he's with to tell other people on the panel he's with to listen to him. And it's like you could just talk to. <laughs> and the right. honesty of like also making an. It's kind of what you're saying, but making an outlandish statement like Erna, James Harden is a Hasidic Jew. That's not. <laughs> look at the Barrett, Erna. Look at the Barrett. And Shaq Erna. is just trying to interrupt and mention what commercials he's. Erna, just trying to get you to talk to hey, the general. Hey, <laughs> hey, there's a, hey, I was, I was a genie. Erna, uh, okay, Erna, hey. he's got 27 kids in a hey. Ford Aero star. Hey, Erna, hey, listen, he won't eat on, he won't drive on the Sabbath. Erna, I don't like it. Erna, right, so he built a settlement in Jerusalem. Erna, I don't like it. A couple it. of years ago, Charles. Uh, says that thing about Draymond Green. So mm-hmm. he's talking about Draymond Green. I want to punch Draymond Green in the face. <laughs> the best. Which no which we all wanted that, to do. Right? We all <laughs> wanted to do. Was, like I have to explain it to non-sports audiences though. So I'm like, Draymond Green's the guy who's on, if he's on your team, you're you like, love him. Yeah, he's, he's your the guy. Heart. He's your Dennis Rodman. He's the person heart. who's your enforcer. Yes. He's always going to take care of everything. Uh and if he's not, you're like, dude's a cheater. Right. right. So that's that's a hundred punch you in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> so Charles goes on and says that. And then you know that because he, he comes on and brings an apology. You know, the thing about him is that he lives – the only apology he could do is one he could live with. Right. Because he's coming from honesty. That's of right. Course. So you know people made him say, you got to do an apology That's here. Right. This is going to be a problem. This is an issue. I found out later Jason Whitlock was one of the people. That Who said you have to make an have apology. To. Yeah, because wow. I was telling Whitlock the story. He's like, well, I'm actually the reason that Charles did. Because I said, but the apology wasn't an – it was Charles Bar- Barkley came on mm-hmm. – and said an apology he could live with, and somehow everybody else went, okay, it's Charles, right? <laughs> but he said, he I apologize. It. He basically said, I apologize for recognizing that Draymond Green has such a punchable face. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not... That's not an apology. It's a cheat code. That's an right? admission. Right? He just—I mean, the thing it basically is, validated his statement. Right? And everybody went, "You know what, Charles? You're right." He's any kind of is, but it I mean, the—the the, it is—it is so true. And to pick up on that, and again, it's like 
it is really understanding. You just understand it so well. I, I think about like the Gruden, the Gruden of it all. And the fact that, I mean, the idea that Gruden likes what you do for him. I don't think that was always the case. So at the beginning, did you hear rumblings that he didn't like it? Well, or? I don't think Gruden liked anything when he first came out of football. I think right. he really was more chucky. I think he got a lot softer. Yes. And um, I mean, John experienced, I, I, I know I keep throwing it to John, but I love. <laughs> no, no, I love that you guys are both here. I want all the insights into. But the, the other night when we went and talked, when I talked to the Raiders and uh, John came along with, and he, John comes over to uh, John Gruden, no H, that John, mm-hmm. John O-H, this Holmberg yeah. Gruden. Mm-hmm. He came over to you and said what? Well, it, it was great because Frank's sitting there talking, Derek Carr's there, uh, I think Mike Mayock's standing there. Antonio Brown, there. not there. No, no, he's in a hot air in balloon. the house. Yeah, he's Some, there. Yeah, floating close. around. Right. But these guys are Cut talking. That. <laughs> now, see, I'm, I'm standing kind of as like this. I'm kind mm-hmm. of just an observer. Frank was nice enough to invite me down there. So uh, the conversation gets between Frank and Derek Carr uh-huh. to where it becomes more like, so what have you been doing? How are the kids? and stuff and Gruden's just standing there with me and he's sideways like yeah. he doesn't look yeah. at you <laughs> eyebrow up so I feel his eyes kind of look over at me and uh, yeah. and he, he wanted to fill the space like nobody's talking to me so he goes what do you do man <laughs> and, I, and I'm like oh I do sure. radio what's your bag we turn to look at each other and then I'm doing the face at him. He goes, that's how you know Frank? <laughs> yeah, man. That's yeah. how you know Frank. You, yeah, man. Yeah, so then you start doing it back to him. You're like, I'm doing Gruden to Gruden. <laughs> right? It's amazing. You can't like, let's talk Gruden to Gruden. Yeah, and yeah. and he, that happened for him. I think the way Gruden used to be was like, he wouldn't come up with who you go, get out of here. <laughs> that's what it probably used to be. Now, the way the story is, I tell this on stage sometimes too. I'm even trying to work into maybe like a one-man show kind yeah, of thing. Please. Yeah, But so the way it started out was I was doing a little bit of the Gruden stuff. Stuff. And at Fox, they would just let you do whatever you wanted to. They, they didn't care. They mm-hmm. would surprise the people with Fox an football. Fox Sunday. NFL yeah, Sunday. Yeah, right. They would. They didn't care. They didn't want. If you hurt their feelings, tough. You should right. have been tougher. It's football. Than I right. was told that goes back to John Madden being in that building where they like, hey, you're pissant. You know, you're just going <laughs> to go get me stuff. Like I heard that was like <laughs> what it was wall. really like. It's like <laughs> I'm walking to this next. Game. How dirty All can right. you be? How dirty can you be on this podcast? hundred yeah, percent. Dirty as you want. I, I heard, this is not maybe not true, but I heard he said, your name's Dickweed. <laughs> like, I heard that. Like, could you imagine? Uh, that was, and that was, so Les, that was so Leslie Visser. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Could you imagine in this day and time? Because it was just football coaches coming into the broadcast world and still being football, football coaches. coaches. Because if you ever mic'd anybody up on the sideline, you listen to the old NFL, like the Steve Sable stuff, they have to beep every third word on the sideline. And it's the only place where you're allowed to be... I, think still kind of allowed to be that bad nowadays yeah, like yeah. we were talking about on the podcast last week on yeah. on uh the caliendo cast that scott long who uh comes in with us he was talking about how somehow the the coaches get to live in an era nobody else is living in and yeah. they say these crazy they're grandfathered into like being able to use like terrible, <laughs> terrible yeah. words yeah. and terrible yeah language. like we had my my coaches had the fakawi indians yeah do you remember that like you don't you never heard of uh, that no uh, they, uh, this is our ninth grade football coach. Uh-huh. And be like, that's when you're standing out in the middle of the field. Uh-huh. The pass goes right past you. Like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't, that's double. You can't. You cannot you say that. A high school kid. No. You couldn't say that to a high school kid now. And you couldn't. And that's also, a racial slur, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. 
the things they would say to us. So all right. So um, so Gruden. So, so so that's Fox would let you go. I think ESPN would, would go through. We got to check with them, make sure everything's absolutely. okay, and all this stuff. Sure, we know. That. So it's yeah, super corporate kind of, of course, no. and it's owned by Disney. So right. like there are words you can't say and things you can't do. Right. Yeah. So it's in New Orleans. Super Bowl is there. Gruden's standing there with a coffee. He's just looking around, man. He's just waiting there like, yeah, man. And there's something about you can't not do the yeah. face. Like you have to <laughs> like nod as yeah, you're doing like, it. I'm like, even like John's saying, especially you get face to face with him. You don't do it. You turn into stone. Yeah. Just, like, Medusa. You got it. It so just keeps, moving. You, it keeps moving. you moving. It you keeps stay you moving. moving. It's like you're agreeing with something that no one's... Yeah, yeah he put out yet. Yeah, he I looks think. like everything he says after he says, like, can you believe I said that, man? <laughs> I talk about his kids, too. Imagine reading a bedtime story as yeah. kids. I'll tell you what, man, I would not want to be Goldilocks when those three bears return. <laughs> Get some sleep, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see Stranger Things, man? <laughs> so uh, I'll, t- I'll show you a Demogorgon. <laughs> I am a Demogorgon. I am. I am. So he's, he's standing up. there with the coffee. I walk up to him. I, I just start doing the. I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to. It's you just start to, It's like we're agreeing that we're in a grudement, man. <laughs> so we're going back and forth. I don't have the coffee. He's got the coffee. He's like, so you're the guy who does me, huh? I'm like, yeah. He's like, where are you from? I looked up where he was from, so I said that. I was like, Sandusky, Ohio. He's like, really? I'm like, no. He's like, good, because you were blowing my mind. <laughs> so it all ended up. It ended up being a lot of uh, fun. He, he, I mean, he kind of got it, but you could kind of feel like, because he was looking me up and down like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. <laughs> well, because he's waiting for, and that's what happens, when, when someone's in the presence of a, of a comedian and they're not a comedian, and they don't know you necessarily so deeply in your work, they don't. he doesn't understand yet that you're not going to chop him off at the knees. And it's you're not doing about some... trying to, yeah, it's, uh, it's not about, the humor for me is not about trying to ruin the person. Exactly. No, the, which is where people believe Madden, I know Madden, but Madden, this is where it was with Madden. He's like, especially the sports guys, they get worried that you're going to hurt their brand. Right. I don't want to name any names, but some people (laughs) just don't like it. All right, fine. How great is that? (laughs) So good. So, but we love him. uh, Incredible. (laughs) Amazing. Love him. Phenomenal. Uh, Arugula. (laughs) Tell you what, man. You ever vacation on Arugula? (laughs) So, yeah, man. So yeah, so, no, but yeah, uh, that happens there. And then Gruden, I think he saw the stuff and started to come along. Uh, he did a sketch with me. Yeah, and he started to, he started to see that it helps their brand. The the and in the sports world, it's tough if they because they're used to being put on pedestals their entire lives. Of course, from the time think of these athletes now from the time they're in high school and now not even high school, like it's junior, junior high. If you're not a even prospect, junior high, if you're a prospect, if you're a prospect, it might be somewhere around eight years old. Right, you're watching LeBron's kid. You're yeah, watching Bronny. You're yeah. watching you. Bronny missing a dunk. Shuts the room down. Right. Blows and, the internet and so everyone is talking about these kids and no one, they realize Three this million is the hits. Ticket. Did you see what almost happened? Yeah. I remember Zion in middle school. Yeah. I remember when Zion was first dunking on kids and we're like, Whoop, this kid, look out for him. And then, you know, so he's on the radar back then. These kids are told and these coaches, they're paid millions of dollars. Yes, the pressure is high. There's- so you're right. No one takes a even a fun shot. And but he finally came around to understanding that you are celebrating him in a certain way. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm not like, you're looking at messages here no, no, no. and uh, ignoring you. I'm going to show you something uh, on the phone. I want your real reaction to this. Okay. Whoa. 
Okay, watch this. Yeah. Who's that? That is a kid by the name of Dylan Anderson who lives here in the Gilbert area. Uh-huh. He's seven foot, and he's uh, that's a 16-year-old. That wow. He's a sophomore. Okay. He just did a crazy like yeah. windmill, windmill dunk. dunk. Cup, cup windmill dunk. The fact that you have that on your phone as a 45-year-old man is... I've got a lot of stuff. Right. Okay, uh, all right. No, so his dad to... sends me stuff all the time because I'm going to put it out on it, but I thought this was the perfect kind of time we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, of course. People. But his dad has actually been hiding him a little. He's literally 6'11". It barefoot, seven over seven foot in shoes. So you're like, can we tamp it down so this kid doesn't get a huge head? Yeah, that's over what it. he's doing. And he's like, right now he's starting to let it get out because he's ranked number nine in the country mm-hmm. in his in his grade. But mm-hmm. they're out there, and he's actually doing. He can shoot th- like he he just nails three pointer after three pointer. Uh, it's amazing, and that that we all know about it. But they're up on that. Pedestal. But when you're, but I this is this is my point with this. When it's something that's amazing and good, that's great. But when you're Touting a kid for not making the dunk—that's where and, it, and it's on ESPN.com. You're like, but he didn't hurt, make the it's shot. It's gonna hurt the kid. Yeah, because yeah. they're thinking even their failures are great, and it's one of those weird things where you're going, ah, I think you're setting some kids up for some bad spots well, is it, here. Is it Saban that had the guy that he was looking at was 13 and tried to get him to commit to college? I might. Be yeah, no, they they get scholarships at that age. At for like sure. 12, 13. Yeah. You don't know what this six, kid's going to do. Oh, he's already had him. Oh, I'm sure grade, of it. But I mean, you, you think of their lives from there. It's just it's they're, get off. Yeah, everything everything. is offered to you, and so to bring it back uh, on that pedestal. So they're used to being on pedestals all the time. You come in and you disrupt that. They're like, you're going to hurt my money. It's not so much that you're making fun of them. They're worried you're going to hurt their brand for commercials. And Charles said to me, Frank, you got to keep doing it. I'm like, why is that? Because every time you do it, I make more money. That's it's right. True. So there's he get so and he's the only guy who's get, honest about he gets it. Right. Well, you find out you if because the people in advertising, and John does this uh, amazingly well too. We don't take. We don't do what a lot of the people that just do straight impressions do. It's the Dana Carvey, but maybe yeah. not going as far as Dana, is you find a take on somebody. That's it. And you find the That's take. You don't even have to do the impression as well. But you guys you, are proving it. We, uh, thank you, Matt. <laughs> thank you very much. I guess all of us at lunch. I, 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 I thought it was pretty good. I got to be honest. I, I love no, what he's doing. It is. I love it. But it, Will Ferrell would sell impressions, but he was just funnier than everybody Will else. Ferrell's bush was not as good as other bushes that we have, of course, seen. And I'm sit, we're sitting in the presence of the greatest one. I think there is a chance that, well, he, but his Broadway show was so funny because he... He pulled into little moments within yeah. Bush, and he made it. He was enough of it, and it. But again, to me, when I listen to you do Barkley, the thing that I picked up on pacing. was your pacing. That he's slow and drops vowels and other things, and then goes faster in other moments. And I'm like, it takes a person to really understand that. But that's the, that's even it's all cadence. Everything's cadence. I don't even think you have to have the pitch of the voice. And I uh, there are a lot of people who do impressions better than me. There are there are no, no there that, are no. dead on impressionists. Have you heard Ross Marquand no. on Walking Dead? I mean, some of these guys they're incredible, but it, you find the take with the person. The with, take is everything. So with the cadence in terms, how many Christopher Walkens have you heard? Low. You've heard high. You've yeah. heard in the middle. Yeah. You know who it is because of the cadence. That's right. Barack Obama talk slow at the beginning. <laughs> and speed up at the end, right? It's almost, it's, and a lot of people have those roller coasters. Um, you know, but brush it off. That's 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 figuring it out, and once you figure that out, it it allows everybody else to figure it out too. And other people are figuring it out sometimes at the same time. But right. when you verbalize it, and it's like unlocking. Kevin Pollack calls it unlocking. Yeah. And when you unlock the impression for everybody, then I'll, and in this age now. 
I've been told that, uh, like, I, I, I try not to do Madden a lot mm-hmm. because it's people say, then you can't come up with anything new. But I'll do John Madden But somewhere. it's so good. But I somebody will say to me, they'll be like, oh, you're like that guy who does John Madden. No, I am the guy. I am the guy who does Madden. I just rest it. It doesn't even matter. I mean, Elon Gold, uh, who I became friends with, he's like, hey, you're you're doing a Jeff Goldblum. And he he did a great Jeff Goldblum. He does great. Amazing. Incredible. And he eating a banana, like, right? Was his yeah, Jeff Goldblum yeah, eating a banana? Yeah, and he, I heard him. I brought this up to him. I saw him one time because I'd worked on a Jeff Goldblum, too. Too, and I asked him, I said, uh, he did Jeff Goldblum uh, and but or. He, so he did it like <laughs> yeah. that, like all the conjunctions at yeah, once. Well. And it was one of these things where I brought it up to him. And then he saw me doing a Jeff Goldblum years later and thought I'd stolen. I'm like, no, no, no. I was doing this before. I brought it up to you because yours was better than mine. Yeah, and exactly. it's still better than mine. And you just go, wow, that's incredible. But And I ended up talking to him and uh, he, he got it. Because yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't. I don't I, it, and it really is about the way you improvise as that person. Yeah, but now people can... just take everything you do and it, you'll see things you've got. Like there's, there's a whole... Uh, Twitter feed that's based on my John Gruden, and it just, uh, I'll tell you what, man. That's how every tweet started, which isn't, he doesn't say it that much. I know, but like his, but your thing that you get out of him that I think is so good is the him being happy with what he just said. It's happy with what he just said, and it's like extreme positivity. Like, I call it hardline, hardline positivity. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. You ever get one of those candy hearts? (laughs) That's how I feel all the time. Give me a hug, man. (laughs) See, the key to that impression to me is that your eyes smile. Yes. It's that thing they tell models, like when you're taking a picture, let your eyes smile. He he looks grouchy, but his eyes are always thinking of rainbows and unicorns. It's hugely confident, happy, but saying nightmarish kinds of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he feels like, and I, you get the feeling with Gruden, and I get this feeling watching him and watching you, and what you get so brilliantly out of it is that he is letting you in on a secret that only he knows. So what, I got a lot of those, man. That's it. That's it. What's really funny is I've actually straight away from you. You figured it out because it's. The weird thing is, it's not that much different than George W. Bush. Yeah, the the take is yeah. very similar. And the yeah. but the joke I did with Bush. Listen, think about what you just said. Yeah. And George W. Bush is like he just heard a really dirty joke and yeah. can't wait to tell you about yeah. it. Yeah, and, y- y- that type of thing is like I got a, I got a line for you. You're gonna love this. <laughs> <laughs> Gruden's like, I'll tell you what, man, I got a line for you. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love That's this. That's right. Yeah. Not it, it's it's there. Have you been to the Bush Library in Dallas? Have you ever been no. to it? Okay, no. so you got to go because. Go to the Bush Library there. We went while we were doing show no books. Just a bunch of Hustler magazines. <laughs> sticky Hustlers in them. Uh, no, but Take you, a look at this. They're not even going fast. <laughs> they would. They're called Hustler. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> so there is a whole video of like the comedy of, there's a whole video of like him being really funny and him being really silly. And it's all his family, the daughters and, and Laura Bush. Right. Basically ripping on him for being stupid and it the whole thing is them talking about all the dumb things he did when he was in the white house but because it's your family he's it makes it more human Human. it totally it humanizes him in a really great way and again the fact that in the bush library the all and all be all the presidential library before you go on library library sorry i am mispronouncing (laughs) that sorry george uh that the library the presidential library that there is a there is a video where just his kids are Are roasting him roasting him straight up roasting him is so funny to me yeah i mean here's the my take on this and i learned something 
some people who are much uh, much more liberal than him and said they, they actually as a person a lot of people really liked him they said he was the nicest guy in the world to be around he'd yeah. touch your yeah, shoulders yeah. Yeah. and they you said on it. TV the dumbest guy <laughs> like when he got on a camera it just went away yeah. <laughs> and he was, he was goofy and simplistic and stuff like that but it was this interesting thing to me about how different people they're like I opposed him on everything mm-hmm. politically mm-hmm. but he's one of those guys that if you're around like but i remember being i was in a i was in jerry jones's suite for a super bowl so we we have a friend of ours yeah. that's jerry on our show oh yeah Unreal. chris cox chris Unbelievable. Cox. great jerry jones you should listen to him i, you were I, with I don't want to hear it because no, I, I, I believe as the uh, owner general manager <laughs> of the dallas cowboys uh-huh. that he he can turn an interview around to anybody like it, it like you feel bad for asking yeah. the question yeah. like so jerry what's going on with ezekiel elliott well i believe that uh <laughs> That it, what is in the transformation of what he's working on and trying to become, that uh, Ezekiel Elliott will make you feel uh, like uh, you're a part of the team more than you've ever been before. And then people are going, I'm sorry, I asked you the question. <laughs> well, he's I holding ask? out. Yeah. He's in Cabo, yeah. just hanging out, running yeah. on the beach. Well, sometimes uh, some of our players need some time to themselves. Yeah, but during training camp, that seems like a weird thing. Hey, we know what he can do. We know. Everyone knows what he can do, but shouldn't he be doing it on your team on the field? Well, Ezekiel Elliott uh-huh. is the kind of guy uh-huh. who does not need to be on in the contiguous 48 states. He does need to be in the contiguous 48 states. Right Isn't that where you play all your games? Well, not not for long. He's going to be playing some in Europe. Yeah, that's right. I got that going as well. He's a hunter. <laughs> He's a hunter. Right uh, that's so great. And it is, and for us, like what we love about incorporating that in this show and in our universe, in the sports universe, is what it is, is it's taking a take on these people and taking right. a take on their impact within the sports world. Because sports world is made up of personalities that we that we endure and that we connect with. I just thought, we did a sketch years ago, mm-hmm. and it was like, I, I, the first time I'd ever even tried doing Jerry Jones, it was just okay. And not that it's unbelievable now, but it was it was a, an amazing thing where I called in, I was called into Adam Schefter. I was doing Adam Schefter. After, mm-hmm. I was on the phone <laughs> waiting for a call from Jerry Jones. <laughs> my daughter picks up the phone on accident. Like she's like, yeah. she's, so she picks up the phone in the sketch. Yeah. And, and I was like, hey, this is Jerry Jones, the owner, president, and general manager <laughs> of the Dallas Cowboys. And she goes, you can't be all of those. <laughs> Like a six-year-old girl knows you can't be. Yes, yes, just, yes, uh, just, in, just injecting it, just destroying it. I love that your daughter came in and blew it up. Uh, should we take a break? Let's and take we'll a break. Back and we'll do quick hits. Uh, I love it. We can talk to you forever, and we will have you back on. John, you, you almost talked too much. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, you'll join us, and, and we're going to have a very special quick hits right after this. Uh, it is Frank Caliendo, John Holmberg. We're in Phoenix. This is View from the Cheap Seat. Stay with us. I Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash dellemc. Support for this podcast comes from WGU. 
Do you want a more skilled and effective workforce? Do you want to build loyalty and increase employee retention? A partnership with Western Governors University could be exactly what you need. Over 300 organizations nationwide already count on WGU for valuable education benefits that lead to better prepared and more capable workers. With more than 60 accredited bachelor's and master's programs to choose from and shorter credential programs coming soon, WGU has long been a leader in making quality higher education more accessible. Flexible online learning is the key. Students can fit schooling around their existing schedules and even complete courses and degrees sooner than planned. WGU makes earning a respected degree possible with just a computer and an internet connection. Partner with WGU today to make a smart investment in your company's and employees' future. Learn more at wgu.edu partnerships. That's wgu.edu partnerships. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, we got Frank Caliendo, and how can people find all of your pods and follow you? Caliendo Cast? Uh, FrankPods.com will bring you there. In, in a bit of a transition on a bunch of things right now. Alan Frank, Try to Be Serious, is another uh, podcast that I, I do as well. And um, that's about it. But FrankCaliendo.com gets you to everything, but the FrankPods.com is where we're FrankPods.com, and, you have, and we did just did an episode, so listen to us on your episode, Absolutely. which we Tremendous. had a blast. And John and I both said, after you, we did the episode with you, like, I mean, we even talked about it here. Yeah. You know I mean? It was just like unbelievable. We thought we had chemistry. In you guys do, though. Well, we're you. fine, but we're not blood. You're fantastic. <laughs> well, are we? Are we? What? Are we? Are we? All right. Should we uh, do some quick hits? Let's do some, some quick, quick hits. hits and we'll, pick... do, we'll do them with different characters. Okay. We'll guess. Each story with a different character. All right. I can't, as I can, I'm going to try and get into this. I can't decide who to be mad at in this story that came out in The Guardian. Uh, and who should we talk to here? Who should we be talking Which to? Which is it? What sport is it? What are we talking it's, about? It's running. It's it's marathon stuff. Uh, Charles Barkley. Uh, Mark Barkley. <laughs> no, I'm not done. Let's do Barkley. <laughs> I was going to say, let's do Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Talking about running. Morgan Freeman and Chris Berman talking about running. Okay. Okay, yeah. Morgan Freeman and Chris Berman. Just was, react to this story. Go ahead. So winning British triathletes were disqualified after crossing the line hand in hand. Ah, uh, sometimes society doesn't accept everyone. You know, I've always thought that just love conquers all. So if it can get involved in any sports at all, you know what? It's always a special moment. I, I don't mind watching that. Okay, so uh, for the British triathletes, Jessica Learmonth. Is that is there a more British name than Jessica Learmonth? <laughs> Not that I've ever heard unless you've watched the movie Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> and Longbottom comes to mind. <laughs> That's right. And jo- I was that was in House Learmonth. Uh, and Georgia Taylor Brown. It should have been a moment of pure triumph. Through a key uh, Olympic game test, even in Tokyo, they had matched each other stroke for stroke. Is that a thing you need that, to say? Is can stroke we say for that Berman? Can we say that? It's Georgia Taylor Brown and her band of renown matching you stroke for stroke. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> pedal for pedal and stride for stride. And so uh, moments before the finish line, they decided to spontaneously, spontaneously join hands and then celebrate beating the rest of the world's top athletes. Unbeknownst to them, however, they had fallen foul of the International Triathletes Union Competition Rule 211F, which states the triathletes must not finish in a contrived tie situation. Well, it's uh, it's weird to me that this is a woman and woman 
finishing together when a man and a woman have never finished together. Is that right? In, I in any, don't believe uh, in any situation in all of life a man and a woman have ever finished together. I didn't even know women could finish. <laughs> okay, so that is, again, a Berman-esque thing that women can't finish. What a dumb rule. I'm going to say to triathlons, figure out the new rule. Like if they want to I'm going to do this right now for this story, and we're going to have Morgan Freeman narrate the end of the race as they go hand-in-hand hand, as if it is the end of something even like Shawshank Redemption and maybe his narration of this can help the can help them move world. past rule 211F. Take it away, Morgan. Many times, in many minds, they decided there was only one way you could finish a race. But these two lovely, beautiful, wonderful human beings decided that they would do it their own way as they stepped stride for stride enjoying every moment of each other's gait. They're, they're <laughs> panting over there. <laughs> they join hands as though they'd been together since birth. Slowly, but surely, and slightly aggressively, <laughs> making their way across that line together, they looked out. Not unlike Usain Bolt to the camera years ago, making sure everyone knew that this race was not just won by one person. It was won by everyone. God. Okay, Damn. so I think we just did away with rule 211F right Thank there. You. Thank you. Thank uh, you. 500 yards. Oh, he's still going. He's still going. He's still going. All right, uh, let's move on to the next story. And for this story, we're going to talk to uh, John Gruden and uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, I love that guy, man. You love Liam Neeson? He's right here. Oh, it's here. Let's let's talk about how much we love each other. Because... Okay, well, hold on a second. I have let's, a story. Hey, hold on a second. We're going to cross the finish line hand in hand. Right? Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, all listening. right. Gruden was listening to the last story. Tell you what, man. I tie him together. You do? Tie you tie both? Maybe I'm not supposed to. A three-legged race? Uh, tell you what, right, man. Fine. You're going to tie two women together. I don't think that sounds great, Gruden. Hang my on. My hand has been taken by John Gruden. Okay. Yeah. So okay. is my heart. <laughs> Do you have a special set of skills to get that hand back? An amazing set of skills, okay, but I don't want it back. All right, fine. It's very his. particular, man. All right, I love I it. I love your particular set of skills. <laughs> if you, if you give me my hand back, that'll be the end of it. You're not getting that hand back. <laughs> if you don't, I will get, find you. Give me five, man. What are you going to do, hunt me down? Right. Are those the skills you would use on special teams? If Liam Neeson were on the team, would you use him as a special Is he special a special teams guy? Ooh, that's a great, that's a great sketch right there. I have a very particular <laughs> set of special teams players. <laughs> He's your special teams coach. <laughs> we have Boom. Release the special teams. <laughs> Boom. All Release right. the kicker. I've trained them on a mountaintop. <laughs> well, so I just have a question for Gruden. Now do you see why we like to do something? I love it. I love it. All right, so I have a question for Gruden because Anthony Brown, uh, Anthony Brown. Antonio, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has had a, a bit of a rough from the from the balloon ride, and he's had a rough go of it right he's now. He's pretty good. Any balloon ride that's ever ended something turned out bad, like Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Worth it gets left, man, right? 80 days. Days around the world, or whatever that movie was, 180 days, 180, 180 or 80, I think. I think they beat the record though. Around the world in 80 days. days. All right, fine. These guys did it. Brown. Half a year, man. I love you're trying to do the story still. Okay. Antonio Brown faces a lawsuit over unpaid thirty-eight thousand dollars chef's bill. Who 
Where is he? At Thirty-eight in- grand. Have you ever paid that much for a meal, Liam Neeson? Is he at uh, Vince Young's Applebee's. What's happening? It was only thirty-eight thousand. Only. Wow. That seems reasonable. Why no, wait, that I thought you were talking about the tip, man. Hey, ten <laughs> million dollars a year. Okay. <laughs> Oakland Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown is facing a civil lawsuit that alleges that he stiffed a chef's bill of nearly forty thousand dollars during Pro Bowl festivities in two thousand eighteen. So he had a party and didn't pay a guy. Stefano Tedeschi. Is any relation uh, to there's Susan a story Tedeschi? I just heard recently about Tracy Morgan. Oh, it was Burt Kreischer telling that story. Have you heard that? No, story? stiffing. Yeah, that. Listen, it's Burt. Someone go get pregnant tonight. <laughs> yeah, go go listen to figure it out. But the funny thing was that Tracy Morgan got in a fight just to get kicked out of the bar and get out of the bill. Oh, my God. That's that, like a 20, genius. 20,000. Oh I'm not going to pay that. That's genius right there. <laughs> I think it was Burt Kreischer. All right, so what do we do with Antonio Brown in this scenario, in this situation? He's got frostbitten feet. Gruden, he's he's not. He's skipping out on bills. You can't run out on the bill when you got frostbitten feet, right, man? <laughs> That's right. Where's he going to run? And then if he tries to take away in the hot air balloon, he's still there. He's still there, man. It's not going on because that cat jumped out of it. And the little dwarf people, man. <laughs> they kept their Dorothy. Is that what, right, yeah, what are we yeah, talking about? We're talking about time bandits? All right. <laughs> Go okay, ahead, Rand. Final Hot tub time machine, man. That's a well, good one. It's a good one. I'm going to try. Gruden's right on that Sebastian one. Sebastian stands in that, man. Oh, Is Sebastian? He's yeah. the winter soldier. Oh, uh, yeah. Rob, he wasn't the winter soldier in that, though, man. Oh, no. I forgot the question. What was the situation? <laughs> What's the situation? Ant- Antonio Brown, but we hope he's going to get this uh, chef. I mean, does he just. He's got a lot of money, though, right? He should just. He should just pay that bill, man. Pay that bill. Pay that bill, get the new helmet, and get out of there, right? All right, now I have a little bit of a morose. Or maybe I got an idea. Mm -hmm. Finance it. Finance, Finance that it. bill. Finance that bill. Right. Pay it off over time. Man. Put that uh, put that chef's bill on layaway, right? Layaway, man. Put it on, there you go, man. There you go. <laughs> layaway seems like something that like Gruden would think that he Gruden thought think, of. Like he thought of layaway. I just came up with it. Man. <laughs> no, I actually, actually, it's been layaway's around. been around for a while. Wow, I just gave it. Uh, you know what? I was talking to Javier Bardem. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah, Javier Bardem. Yeah. He gave a, he gives us a lot of ideas. I'll tell you what, I got ideas as well, man. You're gonna give that to Bardem, who's gonna then give it to us. I think I'm gonna do that. I had one about Quickie Pop, man. Wait, no, uh, that he already. Gave us Quickie Quickie gave that already, he man. Gave, so that was yours originally. Well, I, I don't want to say it was mine originally. I think a lot of people have that <laughs> right. idea. Okay. All right. So last story, and this is kind. Funny of, thing is, man, you, you actually pop the popcorn pops in itself there, man. And then it, it pops up real big in the in bag. The, you open up the bag, it's done, man. All right. All right, so uh, basically every type of popcorn that you can make at this point. Okay. <laughs> Lastly, and I wanted to talk to Stephen A. Smith about this. this is a, a little bit morose. This is a little bit of a sad story here. All right, Stephen, can define you am- morose? All right, I'm gonna get into it right now. To me, it's just a color. Okay. <laughs> man, I'm gonna read you the headline. Maroon? I think he was thinking maroon. no. Man dies. Hold at- on. This is this is gonna be Stephen A. Smith <laughs> with his lighthead drama. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, who has just, just been hit on the just head, just been hit on the head with a light from the set. Man, di- Stephen, you all right? You just got hit with. A- oh, uh, <laughs> what intonation! Uh huh. Had just demified my scolification. Okay, it is, they're words that I don't even understand. But a man dies after competing in a taco eating contest at a baseball game. I read this, Ran. Did you see this? Minor league ballpark. I never like to do a story about a man dies, but did he go out doing something that he loved? He ate tacos. I mean, come on. In the immortal words of Joey Chestnut, yeah, just go for it. Yeah. Joey, Joey Chestnut, an American hero, Stephen A. Truly, there is no. If LeBron James uh-huh. could be someone else, uh-huh. it, it would, would be, be Joey, Joey Chestnut. Chestnut. Wow, I don't know if I. How would you the... turn that down? I know that's a good. It's one. it's the money. Uh-huh. Nobody cares. You make enough. 
being a professional eater. Uh-huh. I, you know, I a watched. Okay, Stephen A., I watched the documentary about Kobayashi, and in it, Joey Chestnut, very proud of himself, said, I make a solid just over six figures eating. Uh, eating competitive eating. It's that- justification right there. Okay, it is justification. So that is enough money. Okay. A, comp- a competitive masticator. Okay. 41 years old Dana Hutchings. Uh, at, at it's a- true. At a, Fresno, <laughs> at a Fresno restaurant at a taco eating. Con- he died after eating tacos. Man. I just can't. I just can't figure it out. I mean, you're doing John Campanera's. uh, Hey, guys, what's going on? (laughs) Campanera. Campanera. Campanera's Derek Carey. I just can't figure it out. Hi. That's the Will Ferrell one. I just can't figure it out. Dave Conception. Goes from the Dominican Republic where the sun shines 300 days of the year, loses a ball in the sun. I just can't figure it out. Take a look at the kid of the sombrero. Hi! Check out the kid of the sombrero. Tacos! Anyway, uh, so he did eat the. So he did eat all those tacos. Uh, is that a great way to go out or a bad way? You go and you go to the great Taco Bell in the sky. That's, That's right. where you're going. You're making a run for a different border. If you, <laughs> so Stephen A, you're like, look, this guy went out a champion. He went out a hero. He did he what he needed. Number to do. one, he did everything he wanted to do. He got it done. Mm-hmm. He figured out a way. He didn't go to the finals nine times and not win. No, nope. he took it to the hole. That's right. Took it to the hole, and that hole Literally. being the great hole, six feet under, six in, feet the under in the ground. All right. Thank you, Stephen A. Thank you, Chris Berman. Thank you, Liam Neeson. Uh, We'll be back with a special voicemail right after this. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, I mean, come on, Frank Caliendo, unbelievable. Check out frankpods.com. Yes. Uh, and uh, check out the new podcast and stuff that he's doing. It is fantastic. Uh, John Holmberg, fantastic as well. Follow him on the uh, Twitters and whatnot. But uh, what I would really love to do right now is we got a voicemail. From- we got a voicemail from Liam Neeson, which is the first time we've ever received a voicemail from Liam Neeson. And he is apparently lost in a Costco. He's got a certain special set of skills. One of those skills is apparently, apparently not, not getting, getting out of a Costco. Costco. Let's Let's check it out. Randy, Jason, it's Liam Neeson. I wanted to thank you for having me on your show earlier today. I'm lost inside this cavernous nightmare known as Costco. I wanted to get you a gift. Instead, I'm confronted with a wall of toilet paper that would frighten any man. I feel like Jon Snow. It's the whitest, tallest wall I've ever seen. I'm hoping to get out soon. If you have any advice for me, I'll use all my skills. But I'll tell you right now, I'm miles from a door. And I don't know what to do next. Please help me. There's a woman here with small sausages. I'm going to sustain myself and hopefully be out of here by the morning. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. So here's my thing. Biggest, whitest wall ever, not Bryant Reeves. Yeah. I don't know. Big, <laughs> big country. Big country. Big country. Uh, you never know. There you go. All right. There's the show. That's the show for us again. Uh, thank you, Frank Caliendo. Thank you, John Holmberg. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Punch Waterfalls, y'all. We'll see you next week. Podcast Network.